Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Come to you first for an opening statement. Yeah, I just want to say our appreciation. Um, for being included in the uh, 88th Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, it's been an unbelievable event. Um, it starts first with people, and the people of the Cotton Bowl Classic have been unbelievable as far as hosting and taking care of our needs, making sure that we have everything we need to, um, especially on Christmas, you know, around the holidays for our families, our, our players to feel um, the warmth of the holidays here in, in Texas was really important and very appreciative to them. You know, but now we're to the point where it's about the game. And uh, our focus needs to increase on the game. Uh, it's a great opportunity to be in a New Year Six, but it's really important to play well. Um, to have 34 days off in play is a real challenge. And, and so our focus is to try to focus on the fundamentals, the things that are really going to matter, pre- and post-snap penalties, ball security, tackling. Um, and so today in our Fast Friday, that's going to be an emphasis for us to try to make sure that we play a clean game. Obviously, we've got an incredibly talented opponent. Um, you know, they, they have all the makings of a championship football team, um, probably the most explosive team that we've played offensively with the combination at running back, tight end, and wide receiver. Their offensive line does an incredible job of both protection and establishing lines of scrimmage. Defensively, their front six is as tough and as strong as anybody in the country. I don't think their back end has uh, a whole lot of weaknesses. Their nickel player... Uh, I think is a very talented player because of his ability to play both man and disguise coverage. Uh, and then obviously their special teams are uh, elite. So tremendous challenge for our football team, uh, but we're excited to play. Uh, and I know our guys are ready to compete at a high level. Um, and so appreciative of, of the invitation to be here and appreciative of all uh, the opportunities that were afforded to us while we were here. Thank you, Coach. Now Coach Day. Yeah, and I'll echo what uh, Eli said about just how great everybody here um, at the Cotton Bowl has been. Um, it was here in, in 2017 and, um, you know, talked for a long time about the hosp hospitality that, um, you know, all the folks here um, you know, shared with our team, and, and it's been the same. It, it's been better. It's been better. And, and like Coach said, being here for Christmas is a different experience, but um, our guys have really enjoyed the week, but we've also had a great week of practice. Uh, practicing a first-class facility like we're in right now, um, you know, made it easy and seamless. And uh, again, a lot of people have a lot of pride in this bowl, and so it's an honor to be a part of. Uh, practice has been good um, all week, and ramping up to the game. Uh, it started back in Columbus as we, you know, had our fundamental phase and then game plan phase. Put that in, and then and then came here and went through a week of um, of practice. Um, 
you know, it's, it's been uh, exciting to see our team um, you know, rally around our, our quarterback, Devin Brown, who's going to be starting his first college game in the Cotton Bowl against uh, Missouri here, uh, who's a great team, um, very well coached, very talented, uh, good in all three phases, play complementary football, and, uh, and have a lot of momentum. So we know it's going to be a battle uh, tomorrow night, and our guys are excited for that. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Let's go to questions from the floor. Uh, remember, raise your hand, the microphone will come to you. And I think our first question will go on Coach's left here on the aisle. Uh, yeah, Andy Anders, 11 Warriors, is for Ryan Day. Uh, you've got a few guys in this game, uh, Xavier Johnson, Matt Jones, and Josh Proctor, that have been with the program a really long time, have actually seen out their full collegiate eligibility with the team. Just, just for those guys, um, what's it been like to see them go through this process for their final game? And uh, I, I guess what, what will the emotions be like afterward when you know they, they depart from the program? Yeah, we're going to petition to see if we can get some guys from eighth years and see if that's possible between COVID and medical. And, um, these guys have been in the program a long time, and each guy has their own story. And I think with a lot of the focus around you know, the transfer portal and everything that's going on across college football, uh, these guys embody what it means uh, to be a student athlete. They've all, um, they're all going to have great NFL careers, uh, but they've made an impact. They've left a legacy behind uh, in their rooms. Uh, all of those guys uh, have been leaders. They've come up um, and, and really developed within the program and, and left something behind for the younger players. And that's, that's the sign of somebody who you know, really takes a lot of pride in, in where they're at. Uh, all those guys have had opportunities to either go and declare early to go to the NFL or possibly transfer somewhere else, and, and they didn't. <clears throat> they know what it means to be a Buckeye, and they're going to be missed. Josh, Pro Josh Proctor specifically, um, just his story, you know, battling back from season-ending injury, how last year went. Um, just what does his story, I, I guess, say to you, and what does it maybe say to uh, other players in the future? Yeah, resilience, perseverance. Um, you know, we have our senior tackle, and, and Josh got up in front of the team and shared some things that were private. but. Um, you know, he just kept, kept putting uh, one foot in front of the other, and now you're seeing him play his best football. Uh, always believed that, that Josh is one of the most talented guys coming out of high school, and now he's put it all together after going through a lot of adversity. Um, certainly the injuries were you know, well-documented, but, um, but he stuck with it, and he's resilient, and he's stronger for it. And not only is he going to have a great NFL career, uh, but he's going to be a great husband someday, a great dad. Um, and um, I know he wants to play his best football and finish this thing the right way tomorrow night. Let's go here on the right side, right here. Joey Coffin, Columbus Dispatch. Question for, for both coaches. This is the first year for bowl games where you can use the helmet technology for, for communication. Was that a, something you guys will take advantage of? If, if so, if not, why or why not? Yeah, we, we spoke about this, um, had a discussion about it, and I think we both agree. I don't want to speak for you, Eli, but that, that down the road, it makes a lot of sense, but um, to try to with everything going on right now to try to manage a game without um, having done it all season, we felt like it was probably something we want to have a spring practice and a preseason to work through um, because of the unintended consequence for something new, a new variable. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, I mean, December's got enough challenges for us to try to figure out how to communicate on the sideline and get the communication in was just something that, that uh, didn't make a lot of sense for us. And so... You know, Coach Day and I have a, a good working relationship and made a call and, and decided that that made the most sense for us. Let's go on the front row here on the left side. Yeah, Bill Rubino, it's also from the Columbus Dispatch. For both of you, particularly uh, Ryan, 
This is the last year of basically every game is a must-win. Next year, you go to a 12-team playoff. Probably the pressure to win every single game will be a little bit lessened. I mean, obviously, you have responsibility to win every game. But how different do you think it'll be next year, knowing that not every game is everything? You want to start? Yeah. I don't know what world you're living in, man. College football, every game is everything, and I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, everybody expects to win. The players expect to win. The fan bases expect to win, and the coaches expect to win. And so I don't think you'll sense anything really different. I think the margins, um, especially after what happened to a couple of teams not making the playoffs this year, I mean, um, yeah, there's going to be some teams that, that can get in with maybe 10 or 11 wins, but um, there's still going to be the, the which game did you lose and how did you perform and all that different stuff that are going to be variables. So I really don't think the pressure will change any, in my opinion. Um, agreed. I think the, the four teams that get a bye in the first week will be significant. Yeah. So I think that will be important um, because of the length and number of games that are going to be coming. You know, Certainly our focus is on finishing the season now, but do, when you do look ahead, I think you know it's going to be important to be playing your best football down the stretch. When you look at teams who make runs in the NFL playoffs, they'll go through stretches where they lose two or three in a row. But if, if they get hot down the stretch, then they end up winning the Super Bowl. And so, I think the first thing is you know it's going to be important to try to get that by. But the second thing is you got to be playing your best football down the stretch. And I think you know the healthier team will be critical. More leeway to maybe let a quarterback develop early in the year or, or kind of maybe experiment a little bit knowing that, you know, if you lose in week two, it doesn't disqualify you? I think it's an interesting question. Um, I haven't quite thought of it like that yet. We'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there. But um, I, know, I do think more than ever, you know, you're going to be wanting to build your team up as the season goes on. Swing back to the right side. Cameron Tegu with The Athletic. Ryan, this question's for you. Um, on on Devin specifically, the year he's had from the injury in the spring where he couldn't play in the spring game, the competition, getting injured during the season, how has that year, um, the ups and downs, everything he's had to go through, prepare him for a moment like this and for potentially being quarterback in the, in the future as well? Yeah, I, I think Devin has always uh, had his mind that he wants to get on the field. He's been competitive since the day he stepped on campus. I know he's looking forward to playing in this game. I think he's also seen big games. Uh, he's been around it. Um, you know, he's seen a couple different quarterbacks play ahead of him, so he knows what the preparation looks like. Uh, and you know, he was right there with with Kyle in the preseason. We talked about this before, and um, and then you know, got him in a little bit in the you know a couple of the games just to kind of get his feet wet. Um, and then you know, he, he got hurt in the Penn State game, and um, so we weren't able to get him in the game as much. But uh, but we were ready to put him in the game, um, you know, a few times this season, and you saw him play a little bit. But now, now he gets gets an opportunity to play a whole game, and uh, so I, I mean, he's he's prepared at a high level, and the guys believe in him because of what he's done the last few weeks in practice. Okay, on the front row, left. Natalie Jones, ABC 17. Eli, you know, I was talking to Brady and his parents before we came down here, and he said he remembered, you know, 10 years ago watching this game on TV in St. Louis. What has he communicated to you as far as how much this is a full circle moment for him? Yeah, I think Brady, obviously, growing up in the state of Missouri, um, wanting to play for the university battling through adversity throughout his year last year, now having an opportunity to lead a New Year's Six Bowl um, is exciting for him. Uh, you can tell the level of focus that him and Cody have displayed all week. You know, they're really here to play and play well. And, um, you know, they've taken their preparation seriously. 
<laughs> they've been going to the sauna in the morning over at the Anatole Hotel, so that was a nice uh, perk for them. So, I mean, they're very focused and want to play at a high. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. High level in this game. Okay, now on the right side. Yeah, Tim May, Letterman Row. Uh, <clears throat> for Ryan Day. Who's playing in this game? Who's not playing in this game? Or who's not playing in this game? Can Thank you, you for another? asking that question. Right. I've welcome, been waiting uh, on this one. You're welcome, Coach. But yeah. uh, you said you'd tell us sooner or later. I mean, is Marvin Harrison Jr. playing in this game? Uh, uh, Tommy Eichenberg, et cetera. You usually and, ask like three or four questions. So well, well, let me add this last I'll thing. wait for the second and third because yeah. we're not going to answer the first one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> really? You're not answering? Uh, no. No, I, I, like Marvin I said. Marvin has been practicing is what we've noticed. You yeah, know, so. yeah. Like, like I said, um, I feel like those are decisions that, you know, the players make they and their families. And so, you know, I never want to be the one to go out and put it out there. And yeah. so I want to respect that. And, um, you know, I think our guys have been great and professional. Um, and, um, you know, these guys want to win the game. So um, we'll know here in about 24 hours. Uh, but Marvin, whether he plays or not, what, what is the legacy? What is he leaving at Ohio State? Marvin's been a pro ever since he stepped in our building and it started, um, you know, everyone wants to talk about his dad and everything like that and what he's done and being a pro football hall of famer. And he certainly did a great job raising his son with his mom, but Marvin's his own, you know, own man. And he had big shoes to fill. He's got his, his father's name, but from the minute he stepped in our building, you knew that he was going to be a pro. Um, you know, the hours and hours and hours he spends on that jugs machine, the hours he spends in the film room, um, the way he takes care of his body, Everything about it has been a pro, his, his professionalism. I mean, there's been times where after a game, I'll come over to the facility, and maybe he, you know, it wasn't even a drop pass. He's in the facility after a game, hours catching the ball, going over that same one again because it didn't get right in the game. And I think that legacy that he's leaving behind to the younger players is tremendous. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's been said publicly, so I don't think I'm putting him out there. But when you ask him, what do you want to do in football? He says, I want to be the best receiver to ever play the game. Like, whoa. And your habits have to reflect that. They do. And that's what's special about Marvin. Let's go on the far back on Coach's left for the next question. Eli, Ben Arnett from KOMU TV in Columbia. Um, you've extended both your coordinators in the last week. Can you give us a sense of the impact that both Kirby and Blake have made in their time, you know, changes, attitude, the, the, just kind of the imprint they've had on your program and their various sides of the ball? Yeah, I mean, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And, and, you know, I think there's been incredible vertical alignment within our coaching staff where um, both Kirby and Blake utilize their unique personalities to communicate the message of the head coach to their side of the ball. 
You know, we have a sign in our staff meeting that says low ego, high output, and uh, preference versus performance. And I think both of those guys reflect that uh, immensely. Low ego, it's not about them. It's about what's best for our program and our team in order to win. They're not concerned about either side of the ball stats. They just want to work together to find the best way for our team to win. And, you know, neither one of them uh, has worried about preference. Both of them came in in unique situations, tried to utilize what the foundations that were already laid to, to best help our players uh, get up to speed the fastest. And this day and age in college football, that's not usually what it is. Most coaches come in with big egos trying to prove who they are. These guys came in with, hey, I just want to help us win. And very appreciative to them uh, and their families and, and very appreciative to our administration for stepping up and helping us uh, create a place that is uh, where they want to be. And so, you know, we wouldn't have the season we have if it wasn't for Blake Baker and Kirby Moore and, and uh, the way they've coached and related and communicated and connected to our football team. Okay, you're on the second row, our first row. Uh, Joe Nugent, NBC4 Columbus for Ryan. This will be the final game for Gene Smith as the athletic director. How much credit does he deserve for what Ohio State football is today? Yeah, where do I start? Um, I try to get a collection together to see if we can go four more years, but um, he's, you know, he and Sheila have decided they're going to stay strong. Um, I've said publicly before, you know, what, what he's meant to so many people, the impact he's made on so many people. Ohio State has over 1,000 athletes year in and year out, 36 sports. Um, it's a tremendous job, and he's done it with grace, um, success on and off the field. Uh, but the impact he's made on, on people is really what it's all – when it's all said and done, that's what this is all about. The reason you get into coaching, the reason you become an AD is to have an impact on people. He's done that. He's done that to me and my family. The opportunity he gave me as a first-time head coach uh, and to believe in me and the support he's shown and his guidance over the years has been tremendous. Um, you know, I don't know all the ADs that have come before, but he's one of the best of all time. Second row on our first row. Frank Cusimano, KSDK in St. Louis. Coach, can you discuss, in addition to what he's done on the field, the overall impact of what Luther Burden has meant to your program? Yeah, it's going to be hard to measure um, as of right now. But I will say, you know, two years ago we were a six and six program that, uh, you know, for me, frankly, had a lot of talk but not a lot of results. Uh, and for Luther to choose to come to the University of Missouri when he had some other uh, opportunities, uh, and then for us, not only for our program to back it up, but for the state of Missouri to back it up through NIL and other opportunities to market. Uh, Luther, I think it's created a a place where other other players know, hey, I can go there, create my own brand and value for myself at the University of Missouri. I don't have to go somewhere else outside of the state. Uh, resulted this year with Williams Noari, who was uh, consensus number one D lineman in the country. Uh, well, I shouldn't say consensus. Uh, in one of the six rankings, he was number one in the country. But um, you know, to choose to, to play here. We've had other players in the portal choose to come back. Uh, and I don't think that would have happened had Luther not chosen to gump, come here. And then I, you know, I can't say enough about the maturity and growth that he's made as a player off the field. Um, you know, last year he played, he relied mostly on talent. Now he's relied on preparation. And when preparation and talent come together, you have an opportunity to be a special player. And, and that's really what's, what's happened with him. Okay, here on the front row, here on Coach's right, 
Aaron Ladd, KSHB 41 out of Kansas City. Wanted to ask about your big three. You talked about Brady. You talked about Luther. Add Cody Schrader in there. Yep. What impact did those three make on getting you to this point? What impact will they make on the game on Friday? And then specific to Luther and Brady, what impact do they make going forward? Yeah, I, you know, I, it's going to be hard to say, um, you know, but those three together uh, have had a, a tremendous impact on our team. And I think it's been because of the dedication that they've put in outside of just the games. Um, their work ethic, their preparation, their lifestyle outside of the game of football reflects on the field. Um, you know, Cody Schrader is one of the best stories in college football, a young man who bet on himself, uh, walked on from a Division II school, um, started eight on the depth chart, and worked his way up to being a, a complete running back, a guy who I believe has an opportunity to play in the NFL. Um, and, and means nothing more to him than to play for his teammates. And the connection that him, Brady, and Luther, and Theo, and Javon, and X, and Armand, and Cam, and Connor have is pretty special to watch. I think the coolest thing about all three is they really don't care who gets the credit. They just want to win. They, they just want to win football games. And there's been games where Cody's the man, and, and we, we celebrate it. And there's been games where Luther's the man, and it was celebrated. And... Uh, I think at the end of the day, that's what's made our season so much fun is there wasn't the drama. Uh, there was just let's win and, and let's find a way to win. Let's go toward the back here on the outside aisle, right side. Clint Schweitzer from Starcade Media. Coach Drinkwitz, this has been a very uh, – the team has been so tight-knit all year. And to culminate here with an event like the, the Cotton Bowl versus the last two years – you know, playing in bowl games that were before Christmas, spending the holidays together. What has that meant for kind of team chemistry and the camaraderie that's existed all season? Yeah, I think it's just been a fun way to finish off the year um, with an opportunity to play in a New Year's Six Bowl and spend some more time together, quality time, to have Christmas morning together as a team, something they'll always remember and be able to share. Um, I think it's, it was a great ending to a, a great season. Okay, let's move back to the left side. I think the mic's on the second row, third row, okay. Tyler Danberg, Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Ryan, in what ways has the offensive line made strides this year, and what needs to improve tomorrow night? Yeah, I think we, we found our identity in the run game um, probably about midway through the season. Certainly getting Trey back um, made a huge difference. Um, that was a big part of it as well. And, and then it started to flow from there. Um, this game's going to be just like any other game. It's going to be one up front, and so our guys have to play well. But, um, but, but I feel like, you know, that last third of the year, we started to pick it up in that area. We understood, you know, what we were up front, what our backs could do. Um, and so then I think we grew from there. Plus, you had, you know, Josh Simmons who came in in the summer. Um, you hadn't played at a Power 5 school before, was learning the offense. We had a, you know, a redshirt freshman at center. And then Josh Fryer was a, really a first-time starter at right tackle. So I think they gained more experience and got better as the season went on. Next question comes from the left. Uh, Ari Wasserman with The Athletic. This is for uh, both coaches here. Eli, you, you mentioned earlier on in the press conference about all the stuff that you guys had going on in December. I was just wondering, if you were in charge, both of you, of the recruiting calendar, what would be the thing that you would change about the way things are going right now in that realm? I mean, that is a loaded question. Um, I, I don't know that there's any one thing that has to be changed. I think there has to be a, a collective group that gets together and decides that really we have to rearrange 
a lot of it. There's no other – I mean, you know, we've talked about the 12-team playoff. Um, I mean, I, there's no way possible for us to have a 12-team playoff next year and be recruiting in an open period and have transfer portal additions and subtraction going on and preparing for a game. It, it's just – it's just not possible. So there's going to have to be a reset of college football looking back. Okay, this is what we've become now. You know, right now we, we've got like a, a wheel with a, you know, a bike, sickle wheel, and we've taken the, the middle part right out. And then we just decided, all right, we'll just see how it figures out. We've we got to start all over and build it back out again. And it's going to start with having to figure out the calendar. I don't have a simple answer for you. Um, it's not as simple as, well, we'll just move signing day. That, that's got consequences. The, the reality of it is the decisions that have been made have not been thought through about what are the unintended consequences of just saying, all right, we'll have two transfer portals. I mean, now you've got players who are – making decisions about leaving uh, a university, life-changing decision before they've even finished their finals, which, again, um, is, a, is a big deal. I mean, we're here to, like Coach said, we're here to influence and impact people, and the number one way we can is for them to get an education. Um, I, I firmly believe in our guys receiving NIL and receiving payments and, and making uh, financial gains through playing the game of football. I think I've been adamant about that. But I also understand that, that getting a degree is going to be significantly more important for them uh, in their future. I think not only for having that and being a positive contributor to society, but for a lot of these guys, they're going to be the first in their families to get a degree. And now they, they change the, the trajectory of their family tree forever because now it's a standard for that person's family to go get a college degree. And so, again, unintended consequences um, – of you know all the things adding up into one month and it's just not possible for us to to continue forward with this cycle yeah okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No agree with um, really everything Coach just mentioned. I, I think uh, when big decisions like this need to be made, um, you know, we struggle in college football because. Um, everyone's coming at it from a different point of view. You know, I, I mentioned this before, you know, coach has got his issues, we have our issues, different demographics, different size of school, group of five, power five. But we, we've got to figure out a way to make, first off, December work. December's not working. Um, and, you know, whether that means, you know, coaches don't go on the road in the month of December, um, you know, moving the signing date has got to be looked at. But it's not that easy, you know, because I don't have a date because I know what the issue is. You do it in the summer or you do it in June and there's coaching changes. Now, all of a sudden, when would that date become available? So uh, while I don't have good answers, you know, we all need to come together and make some hard decisions. And um, like, like Coach said, I don't think we can just patch it up and say, let's put a patch on this right here. We, we, got, we got to look at this thing from a big picture and then start from scratch and go from there. Um, and there's a lot that goes with that. We'll stay on coach's left toward the middle. 
Patrick Murphy with 24-7 Sports. Ryan, yesterday Cade was talking to us about he's going to play in the game, but he may not play the normal amount of snaps. When I know you're not going to go into detail on, on how guys will play, but balancing guys like that, upperclassmen that, that are maybe playing their last game versus getting young guys opportunities in a game like this, how, how does that work in your mind? Well, we want to win the game. Um, that's the number one thing. So we, we're going to go in and, and do everything we possibly can to win the game. Um, and then go from there. Uh, but but there are going to be some opportunities for guys to uh, take on new roles in this game, you know, different than has been this season. So I'm um, excited for them, and, and we've seen that before. Uh, you think about the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago where, you know, Marvin Mech went into the game and, um, you know, the, did a great job that freshman year, and it really built momentum into the offseason for them. So, um, you know, both, both. I mean, I think, you know, guys are going to play and we're going to win the game. That's the number one thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, opportunity for some younger guys to get in there and, and build some momentum for their future. Now on the right, second aisle, second row. Joey Van Zemmeren with Fan Nation. Eli, a few weeks ago you talked about how because you weren't calling the offensive plays this year, you're really able to focus more so on your relationship with players instead of just the X's and O's of the offense. Can you talk a little bit more about just your change in your coaching approach this season? Yeah, it, it really began after the bowl game. Um, going back to the month of December, you know, I just – I wasn't doing the best that I could for our football team. We have a sign in our building that says, uh, <laughs> "Put the uh, do your job, put the team first, right? Embrace your role, put the team first. And I wasn't doing that. I wasn't embracing my role as the head coach. I was trying to hold on to my ego of being the play caller. And, and um, I needed to step back and say the job as a head coach is to build this team, empower other people to do their jobs. Um, and really build connections amongst our players from player to player, coach to player, and, and from our university to uh, – or from our team to our university and community. And it, it begins with investing in your guys, and I just didn't have the time that I needed to do that. And so that really became my mission. How could I support our strength and conditioning athletic performance? How could I be around our players more? How could I engage our coaches more on our, in a real way? How could I engage our players more in a real way? Um, to create a, a more connected team. Um, you know, football uh, is a powerful game, and it, there's always elite teams, but it's really not about elite talent. It's about elite teams. Ryan alluded to it um, earlier, you know, when NFL teams get on a run. It's teams that are connected. And I felt like, you know, we needed to be more connected so that when that moment came and we, we broke through, we, we would be able to sustain it. And that kind of happened for us after the Kansas State game. Um, so, yeah, it, it really just came down to me <laughs> being more uh, living my integrity, not just talking about it, but being about it and putting the team first, embracing my role as the head coach. And, and uh, you know, did a Kirby Moore came in and did a phenomenal job to coach the offense, call the offense, and, and couldn't have had it happen any better for us. We're approaching the end of our news conference. Take maybe two or three more questions. I think the next one should come from the left on the outside aisle. Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. Ryan, how much does Devin's performance on Friday uh, play into what this quarterback room is going to look like next spring, um, whether you're going to bring somebody else in potentially, or is that something that's decided more holistically, not just based on one game? Well, I know that um, you know everybody in this game, he's got an opportunity to, to build some momentum for next year. Um, 
And, you know, Devin's exactly in, in that situation. You know, this is exactly what he wanted. He wanted this opportunity. And, and so he's taken, taken and run the last few weeks. And I think the guys on the team uh, feel it. They feel his presence out there. And um, so this is, this is what a great opportunity for him to do that. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, once the season's over, we'll kind of, you know, figure out, you know, where we're at with everything. But as of right now, I mean, he, he's our quarterback and we're moving forward. And, um, you know, this is a great opportunity for him to go build more confidence with the guys around him as we head into next season. Okay, let's come on this side. Maybe two questions, and we'll finish up with one on the left. So, Daniel Stiv at Fox 2 St. Louis. Coach Shrinkwitz, I want to reflect a little bit on your last qu- or the last question from this side. When you look back at your career, mm-hmm. App State to Mizzou, kind of the trials and tribulations leading to this moment, how do you see yourself in this moment going up against a team like Ohio State to the point that you've gotten this program to? Well, first off, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Day and the job that he's done. You know, for uh, when they introduced him today, the reality that in every year that he's been a head coach, he's played in a New Year's Six Bowl or the college football playoff is about the most impressive thing I've heard in coaching. Um, you know, when you get to the top, the, the wind's twice as strong. And so for him to be able to sustain excellence while people just assume that that happens, it's incredibly hard to do. And so... You know, they're a blue blood for a reason, um, but it's not just because they have, uh, just because they're the Buckeyes. It takes strong leadership. And, and Coach Day has set the tone for leadership, not only in the Big Ten, but around the college football world. And so for us to have the opportunity to match up against them, we know it's a tremendous challenge. Um, but it's one that we're ready to embrace. You know, we, we play in the SEC. We know what tremendous challenges are. The one thing when you watch their tape is you, you, you see a team that is very similar to the elite teams in the SEC. They're built uh, in the trenches. They have dynamic playmakers on on the outside. They're going to play man-to-man, in-your-face, check-your-breath defense, and you're going to have to make plays. And that's the way we designed our team with Theo, with Luther, uh, with our quarterback that can create with his feet. So, you know, it's going to be a tremendous matchup. We're going to have to do the things that we know to do, which are to play clean football before and after the snap. we're going to have to be great tacklers. Their running back is an elite player, um, and we're going to have to limit takeaways, uh, and we got to take care of the football. So it's going to be a tremendous challenge, um, but we're excited for the opportunity. I mean, this is why you coach college football, to get an opportunity to play against teams like Ohio State. Okay, two last questions here on the right outside aisle. Yeah, Rob Aller, Columbus Dispatch. You've both referenced the changes that have happened to college football and more are coming, I'm sure. To look at it big picture, uh, Chip Kelly was very vocal about what he thinks where the game should go, separating into larger divisions. Just curious what you think of his comments, where you see this sport going. Man, I'm just trying to beat Ohio State. I just listed all the issues <laughs> with going against their game plan. He lives on the beach, man. I mean, he's got time to, like, look at the waves and figure out this stuff. Like, I'm trying to figure out what my kids are getting for Christmas, and I had no idea. So I I don't know where the game's going. I know it's the greatest game in the United States of America. Co- college football is is unbelievable, and it's an opportunity for young men to get to do something that they wouldn't get to do outside of the game of football. God's given an incredible gift and talent to play the game at such an elite level, and I just don't want to see it uh, disappear. And I do think that there's been such a grab for um, you know the finances, part, the financial part of it with the TV stuff that we've lost a little bit of 
why we're doing it uh, and what's best for the student athlete. And I will say, and I, I really felt like this in August, and I still feel like even Chip carried out the message, like at some point football's got to make decisions that impact just football. Okay, we're never going to be able to sit into sit in a room uh, as an NCAA and make decisions that are positive for football and other sports, Olympic sports or, or track and field and all that. Like we don't live in the same realm. And so at some point we're going to have to make decisions that are just about football um, in order for us to have the success and sustainability that we want. Um, for, for student athletes to have to play a, a soccer game all the way across the country on a Tuesday night and then come back and, and take a final the next day, that, that, that's, that's really challenging. And that, that's, that's a really tough, because at the end of the day, those are football decisions that are being made. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can probably talk about this for hours. Um, obviously, I know Chip very well, and he's very well thought out. He's always been a guy who thinks outside the box. And I think it's going to take a little bit of that thinking here. It's something that maybe we're not all used to, but something that's best for the student athletes. And um, it's going to take some creative thoughts. And then it's going to take a lot of hard work to actually execute it and then enforce it. And I think we all know that. But um, I think that's why we need to get some of these great minds in a room together and get this thing figured out.